praise the Lord. Happy Father's Day. Fathers, raise your hand. Look at all the dads. If you have little kids like elementary and lower, they are downstairs right now making you trail mix and it will be delicious. Oh, it's a surprise. They're not doing anything down there for you. And so when you receive something, be surprised and it's edible. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much. Last week, uh, me and my wife, Erica, she's our worship pastor. We were in Minnesota. We were uh, at Erica's brother's wedding. And so a huge thank you to the band that was here last week. A huge thank you to Brett who spoke and had a message about spoken through the prophets and he had time machine analogies. We watched it online. It was wonderful. And a huge, huge, huge thank you. Everybody turn around and look at this production team back there. Kyle, the Wallers, Wolf. Thank you. I mean... The, as some of you might know, the power went out because branches fell uh, four weeks ago now, and it destroyed the whole power. And we were meeting here with generators, and now the power is back on, but obviously there's still a couple issues we're working out. But a huge thanks, especially to Ken Wallers in the back. Ken, raise your hand. He, uh, you guys have no idea that the work he has been doing here, meeting with the electricians and just doing work unseen. And so thank you, Ken Wallers, a huge thanks. This is an exciting time for our church because this week is a week we're preparing. Lots of you know that we're preparing for a kids camp that we're going to launch next week for the first time ever. We're doing a New Life Manitou kids camp right here. And we announced this back in January as something we wanted to do as a church for our own kids and proclaim that Jesus is Lord and have a lot of fun and sugar and more fun and crafts and fun things. And we really want to get the word out to kids that don't normally come to church. That's, that's really quite uh, popular in Manitou. Like kids have never been to church. That's very common, I should say. And so we would love to invite kids to church. There's kids coming that have not, not been to church in a long time or have never been. And so that's really what we hope to do. So I ask you to do three things this week leading up to our kids camp next week. Invite people, invite people, and invite people. Like if you know parents, text them this week saying, hey, we have a free summer camp right here, June 27th through the 30th, right here. We will have free lunch. It's completely going to be awesome. We will be right in here. Very simple messages. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you, and that's, that's going to be the summer camp. So please invite people in. We would love to have, we have lots of space for lots of kids here. So shall we get into the word of God? You can turn to Luke chapter 15. The title of this whole sermon series that we started 22 weeks ago is Who is God? Good. That wasn't a trick question. Who is God? We've been talking about the Father the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have one more uh, sermon next week on the Holy Spirit. But I thought this sermon today we could use to talk about a parable of God's love, to do a little bit of review in answering this question, who God is. So today, this sermon title today is A Parable of God's Love for Us. The title is A Parable of God's Love for Us. And I'm going to be reading today from the best passage in the entire Bible, which is the parable of the lost son. And I can say with confidence that it's the best passage in the entire Bible because I'm the one speaking right now. <laughs> if you were speaking, 
You might pick a different passage. And by the way, there are lots of opportunities to speak and to share at New Life Manitou. We have a women's group just on Thursday. The women got together and shared stories and songs with each other. That's going to be once a month. We'll do that again in July. There's a men's ministry. And a couple weeks ago, where is he? Ron Duncan. Oh, there he is in the far, but he got to share. So we have opportunities. And by the way, there's always, 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 always opportunities to share downstairs with our kids ministry. You can, you can sign up, be a volunteer, be a kind of a teacher helper, and then work your way into if you, if you have the gifts and want to share, you can. So when it's your turn to say, this is the best passage ever, you can pick your passage. But since it's today and I'm speaking, I'm saying that the best passage ever in the entire Bible in my opinion, is this story of the lost son. So would you stand with me? Turn to Luke chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 11. Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11, Jesus tells a parable of a lost sheep, a lost coin, and he's about to share a story about the lost son. So it starts off and says, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. Happy Father's Day to him. The younger one said to his father, and listen to what this little brat has to say. Father, give me my share of the estate. So the father does it. He divides his property between them, between the two sons. Verse 13 says, not long after that, the son got together all he had, which was his dad's money, his inheritance, and set off for a distant country. And there squandered his wealth and wild living. And after he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed the pigs. If you're a Jewish uh, descendant and you know the, the Levitical law, are pigs unclean or clean? Yeah, if, if you're not Jewish, are pigs clean or unclean? <laughs> They're unclean. So this is a pretty nasty place that this son has found himself in, and it gets nastier. It says that he longed, yuck, to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And verse 17 is like this this low, like the coming to your low of your life. But when he had come to his senses, he said, how many of my father's servants have food to spare. Here I am starving to death. I will set out. I will go to my father. I'll say to him. So he has this speech prepared to say to his father, father, I've sinned against you, against, excuse me, against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. And I'll try to read this next sentence without getting too emotional. But while he was still a long way off, The father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. Thank you, Lord. And he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, he starts his speech, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. It seems like the father just interrupts him. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the Bring the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf, let's kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And that's the story of the first, the lost son. But there's another lost son. Verse 25 says, meanwhile, 
The older son was in a field. He came near the house. He heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what's going on? Your brother has come home, he replied. Your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and, say this with me, pleaded with him, begs him, asks, come on, pleads with him, please come in. But the father, but, but he answered his father. This is the, the older son speaking. Look, all these years I've been slaving for you. you ne- I never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him? My son, the father said, you've always been with me. Everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad. Because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christ is in our midst. Let's pray. God, as we stand here um, in awe of this story, it's a a beautiful story. We thank you, Lord, that you are the one who loves the rebellious son. And you are also the one who loves the other rebellious son who is in your midst and yet doesn't understand you and doesn't really know you. You love them both. And so we praise your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And with joy, New Life Manitou says, Amen. amen. You may be seated. This story boils down who God is. I'll say that again. This story boils down who God is. And I mean that not to be silly. I mean that not to be uh, irreverent. But I'll explain what that means. But this story boils down who God is. You know what, if you're a cook, you know what boiling down means. If you have a big pot of stew or even bigger, big vat of stew and you, it's too watery, you want to boil it down and make it thicker, you turn the heat up and you, you just boil all the water out of it and you could keep it going. Actually, you could you know, pull it out of there and, and use a dehydrator and you could dehydrate the stew and a lot of backpackers know about like dehydrated meals. Back in the day in the years of sailing and adventurers and explorers, they would do this. It it's called pemmican. Somebody research that if you're interested. It's like, the, uh, like an old way of doing dehydrated food. All the nutrients you needed, all the calories, all the minerals and vitamins boiled down to like one sizable thing that you can manage. And so when I'm saying this metaphor, this story boils down who God is. It's like, the, you know, I think about if someone came up to you and said, you know, truly, they, they, they were like, well, okay, what is new life? You're, you invite someone to kids camp and they're like, well, what is your church? What, you know, who is God anyways? You could, you know, a, a correct answer could be, you know, to go get a Bible and pull it out and just, whoa, boom, set it there and say, see you in a year. That would be, that would be an answer, right? To who God is, right? You could do that. Or you could say, oh, oh you want to know who God is? Well, here's a YouTube link to all 22, this, I think this is the 23rd sermon in our series, Who is God? You could give them the YouTube link to our page and say, watch these 23. Next week will be 24 sermons and that'll answer your question on who is God. And they would probably say, well, well thanks, but I'm just, you know, could, could you boil it down a little bit? Who is God? Can you say anything? And, and, To encourage you, I think always the best place to go is to point them to Jesus. 
Jesus, fully God, fully human on this earth, came to show us who God is. I'll talk more about that in a second, but think about your own life. Your life can be boiled down to maybe a few stories. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, think about your family tree. Does anybody have a family tree that they go, go look up and look up names? My wife has a family tree they could tr- trace uh, uh, through Nanaside, the all the way back to the Mayflower, like the, the pastor who was on the Mayflower. What was his name? Something, Ellis Brewster? William Brewster was on the Mayflower. They could, tra- I was like, wow, that's so cool. And you could look through the family tree and usually all you have for these people is a name and maybe, if you're lucky, the dates they lived, and then the, the children that they had, especially the children that go to you. And maybe, if you're really lucky, you have like a story or two about maybe your great-great-great-grandfather or great-great-great-great-great-grandma. You have like a little snippet, a little story, a sentence about their life. And that's, a, that's like boiling down their whole life in one little story. Last week when we were in Minnesota, I got to, uh, with Erica, uh, go to see her grandfather. We call him Popak. He's 93 years old. And sometimes they get together and watch this service online. So Popak, if you're watching right now, uh, hello, happy Father's Day. So we hung out with Popak, our 93-year-old grandfather of Erica and great-grandfather to my four boys. And we got to spend about two hours with him. We come into his room and he's just sitting in a chair looking out. His, his room at this assisted care living uh, overlooks Lake Superior in Duluth, Minnesota. And he's watching the boats come and go. And he's looking at a wall with photographs of his family and his wife who has passed. And we come in and just spend time. We spend an afternoon morning with him. And he told us one story of his life after another. About a half dozen stories in the two hours that we were there. And they're all stories I have heard before. But it was just this special time where he was speaking about, you know, he's, he's boiling down his whole life and telling us a few stories about who he is and his life. And it was wonderful. It was beautiful. He talked about his wife, Maxine Shalene, who was a Sunday school teacher for years and years. And so here he is boiling down his whole wife's story. And what he has to say about her is she was a Sunday school teacher. And all those kids, they loved her for years and years and years, which just really encourages me because I think about like the ministry right now that's going on right downstairs or right in the upper room with our students ministry. And I often wonder like maybe the more important thing happening in this building right now is right downstairs and right in that room, which gives me a lot of encouragement that the next generation is getting to know him. But anyways, Popak was continuing to tell us stories. He told us a story of his dad. So this would be back in the 1800s when his dad immigrated from Sweden and was a part of a church and they, were, they loved the Holy Spirit and they loved uh, Jesus and they were trying to plant and have a place to worship and it was donated to them land and then someone else had a property with church on it and they were gonna do something else with the property. So that as an answer to prayer, they put the building, the church building on like a tractor trailer and brought it to the property and put it on that property and they just went on and on about how God, how good God is. And as we were leaving, Erica asked me, like, do you think New Life Manitou will be one of my stories? Like when I'm 93, telling stories of my life. And I just thought, I hope so. Like what a joy. This, these years of New Life Manitou planting in this church and you all and the stories we've had, the baptisms, God has been so good to us. So I'm on a rabbit trail right now. Do you realize I'm on a rabbit trail? 
Some of you are like, where's he going with this? You're okay. You're in good hands. The rabbit trail is leading us to the importance of story and explaining who we are. And I'm saying that we can do the same with God because that's what Jesus does. Jesus tells stories. No one, as far as I know, like I've, I've studied some history, no one in history spoke in parables like Jesus did. That's like all we have of him. Everything that came out of his mouth, like some whatever percentage it was, was stories in parables. Jesus would tell stories when he wanted us to know what God was like. So if someone ever comes up to you and says, well, who is God? We'll start with Jesus and then Go into one of Jesus' parables. Here's what Jesus is like. Here's what God is like. And Jesus certainly is fully God. But as we get into this story, so far, I've just had an introduction to the sermon. We will now begin the sermon. (laughs) We have two people in this story that the father loves. The younger son and the older son. God loves the younger son and God loves the older son. He loves the younger son in a way that it's really rememberable. Here's this young man that ends up with pigs, ends up longing to fill his stomach with those pods. Yuck, like, like this is the low of lows. People talk about you know, reaching a low in their life and needing to change and turn around. Well, this would be that younger son's low. And it's a wonderful thing as Jesus is explaining, like this is what God is like. He says, the father is like this father that still loves this son at the low of his life. And there's something about a father-son relationship that is a window into the kingdom of God. It's like this father, this one, he loves his son. He loves humanity, even though we are rebellious to him. Think about the waste of the younger son. Think about the rebellion. Think about finally the decision to come back to the father. And what does the father do? When he sees the son still a long way off, he runs to him. He makes his way to the son with love and compassion. That is the way the father loves us. The father also loves the older son. And maybe you've heard this before, that uh, a better name for this parable, usually it's called the parable of the lost son. The better name for this parable is the parable of the lost sons. There's two of them. And they are both rebellious and they are both lost in their own way. In fact, many would say in looking at this context of where this parable fits in the greater gospel of Luke is that this parable really is all about the older son. Because Luke 15, if you still have your Bibles open, Luke 15, 1 says that these three parables, the lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, are all in this context of Luke 15, 1 saying that tax collectors and sinners were gathered around to hear Jesus. These sinners, these rebellious ones, these losers were with Jesus and the upper class, the ones that are you know, holy, the Pharisees, it says in verse two. But the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, muttered, this man, Jesus, welcomes sinners to eat with them. And so what does Jesus do? He first tells a parable of a lost sheep. There was a lost sheep that ran from the 99. And this shepherd goes out after that lost one. Then he tells a parable of a lost coin. A woman lost a coin and she throws the whole house in disarray trying to find that lost one. And then he tells a parable of a lost son 
who runs away from a father and is brought back in love. And then there's one more little bit where he then talks about the older son who hears the party of the father for the younger son and gets angry, gets upset, gets mad. The judgment of the older brother, the looking down of the older brother onto the younger brother. He is in his own way, although he's with the father, he's rebellious and not knowing. I mean, imagine the father every day must have been looking out for the younger son. Every day since he was gone, the father grieved that younger son. The older son didn't know that? Like he didn't realize that the father loved this lost son? He does. And the father also loves the older son. And think about the story that the the, the older son is begged by the father to come in. It says the father pleads with the older son, please come in, come into this party, come into this feast. You have always been with me. I wanna take a moment right now and then we're gonna, uh, Brett's gonna lead us to the table in just a moment. But I wanna take 20 seconds of, of just quiet, of just silence And I want you to listen to the Lord. And maybe for some of you, he's gonna give you an image of him running after you. Maybe for some of you, he's gonna give you an image of the father begging you to to come in, to to come into this feast, this festival, this holy moment of love the father has for you. So wherever you're at in your story, I want you to take just a couple seconds. I'll keep track of the time and just listen to the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? Would you listen to him with me? In this holy moment, Lord, we Thank you that you are the one who loves all of humanity while we are rebellious, while we are with you and not understanding you, while like the older son, we have accused you of of being a slave master. Lord, you're, you're not a slave master. You're a loving father that loves the rebellious, the lost, even the judgmental among us, including us in our own hearts. Lord, you love us. You have created us. You have made us, our stories fit into your story so perfectly. Psalm 139 says we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. You knit us together in our mother's womb and your eyes saw our unformed body and all the days ordained for us were written in your book before one of them came to be. And how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast you are. You are awesome and holy and yet this story boils, somehow boils you down into a way that we can understand and connects us, our heart to yours, that we are loved by you, a holy, infinite God. So Lord, we love you and we praise you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me now? I'm gonna invite the band up. They're gonna lead us in an old hymn singing about how great thou art. And as Brett's gonna come, the the communion elements are in the baskets there. You could reach down and make sure the people around you have them if if they want. But all are invited.
If you're, uh, you don't have to be a member here. You just have to listen to the words of the heavenly father. He's inviting you. He's pleading with you to come in and to receive. So would you receive these elements? Brett's gonna come. We're gonna take them in unison.